0: Want to be when you grew up?
1: Okay. Well, I I suppose a lot of people, when they answer that question, they usually say, "And the kind of job that would take lots of years of study and the the highest of achievements." I don't have anything like that. I I I was a bit of an airhead when I was at when I was at school, and I don't remember thinking, "I want to be this thing," or "I want to achieve this thing." Um, And that's right from. I guess when you first have a memory of childhood, I don't know, three or four up to, you know, teenage years, <laughs> I didn't really think about it. Maybe I just wanted to block it all out, I don't know. But I do have one memory of being in classroom at primary school and a supply teacher coming in, taking over from my beloved teacher, Mr. Pennell, who I used to call Mr. Pencil, because I found it hilarious. And this supply teacher said, he us all standing in line and said, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I think he thought he was coming in and trying to get us to think about aspirations. Um, and, and I no, never thought about it, but I just said, I want to be an actor. I think I'd started watching TV and realizing that this world was much more fun than the world that I was living in outside of TV. And he said, well, what qualifications do you need to get that? And and I think I think I said something like, oh, because it's easy. I can't quite remember now, I'm paraphrasing, but I think as a primary school kid, <laughs> I went, oh, because it's easy, I don't need to get qualified. And I, I think I'll, I'll probably just throwing my arms around, like acting's just about play. And I remember the supply teacher quite getting quite annoyed with me um, saying, why do you think you don't need any qualifications or why wouldn't you need to get any qualifications? And thinking back now, like that's really inappropriate from a primary school teacher to A, speak to a child like that, but B, to expect a primary school child to... Care about anything like that. I think it was fantastic that I just had an idea, or that I was being playful. But that's the only memory, really. But having said that, thinking about acting at a young age is um, is linked to what I do now. So there you go. Even though I was an airhead, there was obviously a seed zone
2: Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. What is happening? Welcome to episode twenty one of Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called now, and an activity called work. My name is Simon and you're listening to my guest Carrie-Anne Vivinet. This is another Zoom interview recorded 14th of September 2021. Carrie-Anne Vivinet is a schoolteacher, freelance theatre maker and fine artist. Carrie-Anne is currently focused on the management and development of her leeds based theatre company, Cviv Arts Theatre. The company is working on an Arts Council England funded project titled What Are You Hungry For? This was a research and development project with a final production which will be showing in October at three different Leeds venues. Uh, sorry, starting to show in October. You can hear more about the shows in uh, well in the rest of the show. Creating and delivering her own solo performance work since 2005, Carrie-Anne has also worked collaboratively... I'll say that again. Creating and delivering her own solo performance work since 2005, Carrie-Anne has also worked collaboratively with other performance artists and established theatre collectives. Now she is bringing all her prior experience into her current adventure as a producer and director of her own company. She's been on maternity leave from teaching, so being a new mum and working on her theatre project has become her daily work, alongside oil painting, tea drinking, exercising and chocolate eating. If you're a loiner and you're listening to this and you think you might be able to answer questions that you already know all the answers to, then please get in touch with me to arrange a time for us to record you for this show email me at workinghourspod at western studios.com with a short bio and some suggestions of your availability also drop me a line if you have any queries or feedback compliments or complaints if you can be generous and wonderful enough to leave me a review then please do so i still haven't had any feedback so it would be really great to see any if you can leave a really good review for me please do that would be really good.
1: So what is it you're doing now then? Wowzers, so, um, for, I, so for paid work, you know when people, this is the thing when people ask the question, what do you do? And I always feel like you have to answer uh, in terms of your career. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a receptionist or um, I'm a doctor, or I, you know, I do full-time cleaning or whatever, you know, the thing that brings the money in. But, but now um, I'm gonna start answering like, in terms of identity. So that's how I'm gonna answer the question. So even though I do do full time, well, I did before maternity leave, do um, full time teaching in a secondary school. I'm not, even though I just have, <laughs> I'm not going to answer with that. Answer. I'm going to answer with the identity one, which is, OK, I'm a theatre maker and I paint. I'm a fine artist. But, you know, if you really know, want to know what brings the money in, then, OK, let's do the non-identity one, which is I teach in a secondary school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So how, how, how did you get into teaching? How long have you been doing that?
1: Oh, I went into teaching because, um, it was, it was a natural part of the journey, which was all connected to performance. So, um, I went back to study as a mature student, having chosen alcohol and cigarettes the first time around. <laughs> um, so I went I've back. i and...
0: that course, it's really good.
1: Have you done that course? They call it lessons yeah, in life, yeah. you know, life, life, yeah, you know, <laughs> life experiences. Uh, getting out there, and meeting the real people. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, um, yeah. So I went back to mature student. Sorry, I will get to, to your question in a minute. I, I have to kind of like go through a journey to get there. I do apologize. No, I do
0: that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so uh, yeah, I went back and did kind of like a, I suppose a GCSE equivalent of of, of a, a drama when I was sort of older. And um, I remember actually we're being put into groups at the beginning of September at Leeds City College which course are you doing if you're doing this course go to that corner if you're doing the A level course go to this corner and I sort of went over to the A level cor- corner thinking I'm older I'll be doing this one still airheaded, not knowing what the hell I'd signed up for and uh, <laughs> Richard Lee the, the teacher at Leeds City College went no Carrie, Carrie you're over this one which is like a GCSE one I was like i went embarrassing all the sort of 16 year olds hi I'm Carrie Anne I'm 20 something and um, anyway so I, I I started there and then I just went from one qualification to the other so um, I did that, and then Mature Access, then BA, then MA, and then PGCE, and the, that's when I got into teaching, and the PGCE was the teaching drama, so I'd done mm. kind of studies in drama, and thought, oh, I want to teach this, I can do my own solo work and perform, but that doesn't bring the money in, so I need to do something else that brings the money in, related to drama, hey, I'll be a drama teacher, Um mm. Which is not what I do actually. Now it's an English teacher, <laughs> it's supply English, um, but that's how I got into teaching. I did my PGC in drama, and then I wound up being a supply English teacher because there's no drama jobs. So there you go.
0: <laughs> I think that you know, I think a lot of people. I I did theatre studies at A level myself.
1: Ah. And,
0: uh, I did. I worked worked at the Playhouse, both in the box office and in the backstage stage management stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I obviously know other people who wanted to take a theatre path and so on. So yeah, I've, I've, I think it's quite common to kind of go into to teaching because you can still you can still do the productions and still work on projects and be creative and you're you're getting you know regular paycheck. So it's it's very understandable. So do you now feel that Absolutely. you're in a better financial position to move to this, or have you reached the point where you're just like? I need to do this. I need to, you know, in terms of starting your own theatre company and putting on productions yourself.
1: Um, well, the, the starting my own theatre company and and putting on productions, um, it isn't really linked to finance. The only way it's sort of, I don't know if I'm answering my question properly, so please stop me and reroute me if I'm going down the wrong (laughs) pathway. Um, so it's only linked to finance in respect of we got Arts Council funding to do this particular project and this particular project with a the theatre company, which is a second one with my company, we wouldn't have been able to do without the Arts Council funding. And actually that does what I get paid for the arts from that portion, my portion from the funding and does help absolutely a lot. But obviously it's not enough to live full time the um I mean it would be absolutely incredible to be able to and I often say it to my partner you know like because he's a musician and he he records and he he has albums out all the time but he still has to be a teacher he's a music teacher and when he's writing a review and when I'm kind of like doing something for theatre, often, you know, we have a coffee break and I go up and I went, oh, wouldn't life be amazing if, you know, this is what we could do all day, you know, without mm-hmm. thinking, oh, I've got to go into secondary. I'm making it sound awful ah, uh, a secondary school teaching. I- I'm sorry, <laughs> that's another story, but it, it-, it would be amazing to, uh, I mean, I don't know, it would be amazing, I think I'd prefer if I could do workshops and uh, use teaching skills in, in, in facilitating workshops and teaching me- theatre methodology and theory and practice yeah. and do solely theatre work um, and live off that that would be absolutely amazing though there, there, there is some great things about going to new schools and working with kids if you get a if you get a school with a well uh, with a good behaviour management structure that's another story <laughs> I don't know if I answered your question I'm sorry Simon
0: don't don't worry about it because it's it's generally a chat so we'll kind of go all over the place anyway so I want to kind of focus on two things from that so one of my questions that I want to put in regularly now which would normally come later on towards the Mm. end uh, but I'll ask you this now because I think it's relevant to what we're talking about Mm. Um, so I want to start asking people about a universal basic income if you had a UBI in place how would you be managing your time what would you what would you do, would you do any of the teaching or would you focus full-time on theatre productions or would you do something else entirely?
1: Oh, so, you mean, if I had an income which um, was just you, coming you to me You had a guaranteed anyway. income. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whew, um, <clears throat> I, I, I think, I think I, I touched on this before, but I think I, I probably wouldn't be going into schools anymore and working with just so, and like I say, there is some fantastic things uh, uh, there's some fantastic things it, it depends on, on the school structure and the people that you're working with of course but there are some great things and can be some great things about working in secondary schools however um I think the reason why I wouldn't want to actually in fact even teach drama in schools anymore is because I, I really have got to a stage where I want to work with people that want to do it and there are so, there are a collection of sc- uh, students in schools and teachers who um have uh, have some sort of um light in their heart about about drama and they understand it in a school setting and and, and the kids are really into it but majoritably um there's quite a few teachers that present the arts being there and there's quite a few students that just don't feel comfortable doing that kind of thing and that's fine mm. so that's a very different story from being from doing a workshop with adults which I've done who really really want to be there and I suppose that means that I wouldn't be challenging myself anymore because of course there is, some, there is a journey of progression and a challenge for yourself if you are trying to show people why arts are relevant and why they're really good for individual progression and for solidarity and for mutual respect, they're so important. Um, and it's great when you can, you can do the job of showing somebody who was skeptical why these ways of relating are really good for the soul and really good for the mind. I mean, that's fantastic, but I think I'm only 40 years old, but I've already got to the age where I just think I just want to work with people who are on the same level as me. That's terrible, isn't it? So yeah. if, I, yeah. if I hadn't... Uh, sorry, go on.
0: No, no, I don't think it's terrible. No, go no,
1: on. <laughs> um, having said that, do you know what? I often do this. I say something and then I disagree with myself straight away. So um, having said that, I've, I've just got these images of sort of going into places of people who... Um, uh, who are really interesting, intriguing people that I, I I would learn from and like to learn from, and then them saying, and maybe you know something that I don't know, and then going, all oh, right, okay, come on, let me show you this, and then introducing something new to them, and then introducing something new to me, so that, you know, it would be horrible to get rid of that, so... I, th- I think I'd love to do workshops with, with different ages. Working with children is different from working with people who are sort of post-60. Having said that, I'm now disagreeing with myself. There is a lot of related <laughs> ideas. You're going to regret talking to me. Make a decision, Carrie-Anne. Um, different age ranges. I'd love to do workshops with different age ranges because control, this is the thing. Because you I, I, I would you would have the control over the, what the workshops were. And I think I've got to an age where I, I want control about what excites me and what I want to learn about and then pass it on to somebody who hasn't had chance to learn it yet or hasn't had chance to um decide how to put it in practice but I have so then I can teach them and then do it with them Um, I want control over what workshops and um what ideas are put in place in the community and um you don't often have that control in a school setting so I think if money was coming in workshops time for painting that would never go away if I didn't paint I don't know what I'd do and, uh, and and growing my own company and then also observing other people which is really important which I haven't had time to do and which I'm trying to put in place I'm going to be getting in touch with some leads directors and going can I come and just observe what you're doing and nick all yeah. your ideas <laughs> so so that's pretty much what my life would look like and trying not to um Pull away from work and watch scum television, which I've been doing recently. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it's a lot to fit in. So you mentioned the painting. There, would you? Is the painting something that you would definitely consider not work? Then is that always something that's relaxing? I mean, because you sell some of your paintings as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. So I have an Etsy shop, and um, you know, I, I sell on there. And I do commissions, so I'm doing two commissions at the moment. When I'm painting, it definitely doesn't feel like work. So when I'm in the act act of doing, um, which is often the way that that it doesn't feel like work because it's stimulating and you're responding, it's decision making all the time and you're making the decisions that you want to make, which is often Mm -hmm. the way art is. So it's therapeutic and not work. Um, When I'm trying to um, put my art out there to make sales or when I've got a deadline for a commission or when I'm getting the postage wrong and I'm paying more than I'm getting back from a customer on say um, or I'm feeling bad about charging a certain amount which I struggle with uh, for my artwork and um, that that's the work side of it yeah that's the work side yeah. of it but the act itself is not work
0: but I think that, that that's an interesting thing in it in itself that you know you, you're doing something that's your leisure time but then potentially can create income as well. But then you want to work in an area as well, in terms of theatre and production and so on, that is also your interest and your passion. What are your thoughts on kind of monetising your 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 own passions? Oh, horrendous. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> is, that, is that a good thing or is that? I'll, nice?
1: I'll, in, I'll have a sip of tea and then I'll get I'll come in with a few <laughs> thoughts on that. Um, I, 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 um, oh God. I, I, I um. I've probably—I mean, I don't like saying this. I so work with fantastic people, and—and and this is not a reflection on them. But I find I'm not enjoying theatre as much now. Money's involved. Um, yeah, yeah. Having said that. Um, it's fan- I, I, I can't be appreciative enough of getting the opportunity from the Arts Council, and um, there has been so many learnings, it's an un- unbelievable. Learnings that have been hard to take, because I'm quite self-deprecating, so it's like, why didn't I do that the first time round? Look at all these things I'm doing wrong. I mean, it's fantastic and I need that, but it's difficult. Um, so with that big, a lot of mon- that money that's allowed us to do a bigger project, it's that there's more, there's, there's more self-criticism and there's, there's more, um so it's less safe it's less safe so now money's involved it's bigger and it's less safe but ultimately it's better for me as in terms of not being an emerging director and producer but also if you have money if, if money's involved you, you have to meet expectations of others let me say this quickly. there are certain expectations that you have to meet uh, when money's yeah. not involved it's your it's, it's it's your self-created expectations it's just expectations uh, your own expectations um, and you're only responsible for yourself sorry that's what yeah. I mean or it feels like that so when I was doing solo performance and I did actually get paid on the Quite a few occasions for that but most mostly I was just turning up rocking up at a platform not getting paid for it and then just sort of blurting out this performance 15-minute performance that I'd created the few weeks before and, and that was cathartic so it was kind of like you know in my back room or in, in the shed or whatever I'd you know listened to my favorite music and um, danced away could build this text with the movement felt like it meant something to me or I was searching for something and I enjoyed that search you know, um, blurted it out in front of an audience. And um, I felt like I'd got something off my chest. When money's involved, perhaps you've, I feel like you've got to be giving a certain thing to an audience. Before it was, you have your deserving audience. Some people are going to find it unusual. Some people are going to find it interesting, what you do. Some people are going to say, now I know how my mum felt when I first played punk music, which was a, the best comment I've ever had. <laughs> and Some people are going to go, what was that? like in a really like what the hell was that which is fine you know um, but if you're asking people to pay for it there there is a bit of a okay it's hard to keep your integrity yeah I think it's about integrity because uh, can I just do what I want to do now because people are going to go well what am I getting from that um mm. and yeah there's there's a certain something that you have that, that you're accountable that's the word I'll say that a lot. That's the word as I'm sifting through my mind. Um, no, I'll, yeah,
0: I think yeah, I think you come to the right conclusion with that. There, <laughs> I, through it all, it is, yeah, it's about accountability um, and the types of accountability and who you're accountable to. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about setting up the company then. So what what came first? So let's talk talk about your your new theatre piece that you, you're working on at the moment. So did you get funding for the company or did you get funding for the piece and did the company had to have to be formed to get the funding or did you get funding and then have to form a company how did it all come about what
1: happened? <laughs> all these questions that you're asking is kind of like what <laughs> just, am i just take, I...
0: basically take us through the story
1: <laughs> oh no i'm not criticizing the questions it's just reminding me of what 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 i was like when i was first thinking about it what am i asking for what do this what do that um yeah so yeah, so that the money is for um, the, the project, which 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 then covers payment for the company and payment for the research period and payment for the the, the final production. So I suppose it can be categorised in in those ways. And and I, I got funding because I basically I, I got help to do it. I, I did some. I, I used to work with a performance performer a fantastic performer he won't mind me mentioning his name Phil Sanger and um he helped me with he helped me with the form you know and you know I, we, um, I had the concept and he only was so thank you Phil so he helped me understand what to ask the Arts Council for so it, it was research and development project which I, I didn't I was like okay I've heard of this term research and development but I don't know I mean, you know, listening to that term, I could probably go, okay, so research means that you are studying and exploring something, and that's the job of the company, uh, whether it's um, communal living um, on the breadline, or whether it's, uh, you know, dementia in an in Alice 9, or whatever, you are researching something, and then you're showing your findings. And in terms of theatre, if I had to give the definition of what the research and development project was, I still probably would not be able to articulate it properly, but, I, but, but it's... But we we had, um, so we had these themes that I was interested in exploring. And now I understand that having three themes wasn't a good idea. And we should have had one. But um, <laughs> we sort of said, OK, we want to get paid to uh, research human resilience, human desire and societal rejection. And this is all in the bubble of COVID, where as a theatre company, we're going to respond to uh, what's happening to the community in the in the COVID times and the pandemic? Mm. So we we promised the Arts Council as part of this R and D project a number of wraparound activities, which was to mm. um, learn how to take our theatre company online because that's obviously what a lot of people had to do, you know, with theatre yeah. and the arts in COVID. We had to look at and um, what happens to desire, what people desire, and whether they get it. We had to look at. Um, resilience and helping people to become resilience and how people feel about that. So we said, right, we're going to do some live chats with specialists on Instagram. Um, we're going to do some workshops, which are going to be online. I'll deliver one. My, my um, assistant director will deliver one. Where I'm going to do workshops with my actors online. And, but we're also going to do workshops outside in different areas. We're going to build new partners with venues in Leeds. So we're with Left Bank, Slunglow, Hallbeck, and Seven Arts Centre. So we promised all these different things, and all these different things develop the company. So we're researching subject matters, we're researching digital theatre. And we're researching new theatre techniques through the workshops. But this is all about us developing as a company. And if we're getting this money, we need to show that actually we're developing our early career states. And it's benefiting us as individuals. This is what we're going to use the money for. But we also have to prove that we're giving something back to the the community. So we took ideas from the community, but we get free workshops. We get free live chats and we've got pay as you feel performances so you can actually come to see the the final production you know without paying for it if you haven't got the money and also we had some devised bits that people could watch throughout the rehearsal process as well for free The, the money was to cover lots of different things so it's been a really long project the final the final production is the results of that research and development so the final production is the results of getting survey responses from the community so we took some responses and I did a physical theatre workshop about about embodying some of those ideas about what you desire and how does that manifest in the body. So we've got some ideas from that going into the production. We've also, I commissioned somebody to do some new writing around kind of like societal rejection and desire that's going into the production. We devised our, our own, that the cast devised some of their own ideas based on their feelings about the, the subject matters that's going into mm-hmm. production so the production is kind of like the results of the research and development which is very stressful because <laughs> it's so much harder than having a script and going how how what's the best way and most interesting way of presenting the script yeah it's it's if we'll, we'll, we'll uh, if anything i shouldn't have done that come and see it it's gonna be great <laughs>
0: Well, like you say, it's so much harder than working off just a script. I mean, you have got to do everything. But I mean, this is going to be, and it's a fabulous experience to start off with. I mean, it must be incredibly difficult. But once you've done this and got through it, you'll have learned so much from the process of doing it. Like you must already have been like, you must have so many different ideas of stuff that you've done wrong, stuff that you've done right. Like, you know, if I did it again, I wouldn't do this, I would do this. So yeah, are you? Because are you, so you've got a f- three performances at each of the venues. You haven't given the title yet. you to just the title.
1: Oh, <laughs> the title is just the, the, the project title, which is "What Are You Hungry For."
0: Right. So, and there's going to be three performances. Uh, i'll put the dates in the show notes but um if you know them off the top of your
1: head yes i do so um our first performance is at october the 31st at slung low the Holbeck, eight o'clock uh our next one is 13th of november at seven Art center eight o'clock and then the third one is at left bank leeds 30th of october eight o'clock and they're all an hour an hour long yeah uh how
0: much tickets you know.
1: Well it's pay as you feel at Low. Oh, it's this all is the you thing Low. Well it's not all pay as you feel because right. I've worked with how there was a discussion with each venue again learning about how venues work um, with what would they normally charge or what, how, what do they feel for the show and um, yeah how do they normally do things what's their policy and Swung Low always do pay as you feel performances so that was what they. That's what. What's the, they, they wanted. That's what they suggested. So. So yeah, totally happy with that. Left bank again have their own ideas. Um, which so it's five pound ticket and then pay more if you want to. Uh, and seven out centre, it's a sta- standard sort of um, theatre um, price, which is ten pound. This is the thing as well to say as well that that the each venue has um, different advantages and I don't want to say yeah. disadvantage. I don't feel like any of the venues have any disadvantages. No, I think they're all great the, venues yeah another amazing but they have slightly different um contextual factors so for example yeah. with seven Arts center they, they when you go in there it is like pitch black and they've got like um it's what you might think of if you think of i'm sure you know this um I, sorry, i'm thinking like you don't know this like you've never been out of the house but it is it is, it is lighting like as if you're going to a theater um whereas um left bank you are in an absolutely incredible building, which is yeah. brings something else to the piece. You know the Roman aspect, the acoustic aspect, the kind of stone wall pillars. But they have restricted lighting in in relation to Seven Arts Centre. So it, it all they'll be all, all bring something different, which will be interesting. <laughs> Say no, we did it like this at Holbeck. The, the we don't have that here at Left Bank, right? We've got <laughs> two hours to work out how we're going to get on and off. <laughs>
0: So are you oh, yeah. gonna have much of a... I mean is, is it gonna be a one-woman show? Is it just you or you Oh
1: no? It's a it's a it's a cast of four. Um right. so um yeah, Carol Bell, Henry Petch, and Richard Koslowski. Um, and I am performing in it as well, but I've got I've got a smaller role. I just can't stay away. <laughs> it's like you think producing and directing would be enough. I've got a crop up in the background, <laughs> ridiculous. Well and, um, and
0: running your own company now as well.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know what's wrong with me because they're fantastic I mean if anything I'm going to bring it down it's like just leave it alone Carrie <laughs> um, so yeah they're great so so I, with, with with me cropping up there it's a cast of four but it's, it's it's them really you know it's them and and they're multi-rolling because the because it's presentations of the themes um, different presentations so we have three very different scenes Um, so they're multi-rolling uh, throughout the performance
0: excellent i I guess you have to produce a final report or a final document as part of your funding conditions yeah. so uh, what's what's that gonna be like? is it does it have to be quite a way at home or do you have to just be like, this is what we did, this is what we spent it on
1: yeah <laughs> well <laughs> are you getting someone else to do it? <laughs> funnily enough obviously you have a um a shed, a schedule that you have to stick to when you, when you get the funding and then obviously one of the last things is the evaluation and when I first looked at the offer letter and what we had to do I was like oh gosh I don't know if I'm going to be able to have anything to write on that evaluation I better make notes as I go along well I'll tell you what there ain't going to be enough time in the day there is a lot and most of it is about my learning and and what I've found like you said there's probably a lot of things that you feel like you've done right there's a lot of things that you've done wrong um with me it's it's more likely things that I've I've done wrong but having said that I'm self-deprecating and I suppose somebody say you didn't do that wrong and I go no I did but I feel like there's a lot there's definitely definitely a lot of learning mm-hmm. but a lot of very very incredibly valuable experience mm-hmm. for me, things that I need to have as an early uh, early career producing director so I suppose the evaluation I need to find out if there's an actual template that you fill in or whether I can just do what I'm doing now and like you know automatic <laughs> response but I would be saying exactly especially like what I would do next time and what's been incredibly useful and and how I would address things next time uh, which is to the the main thing is to make things really clear right from the beginning and stick to it and have a more detailed contract instead of doing a project where things have to be pieced together as it goes along thrown away brought in because that's really difficult I, I, I think next do a, you know, do a project where I, I, I have a bigger planning session at the beginning and then I know exactly when rehearsals are happening and exactly how I'm going to be communicating with everybody and exactly what each person's role is. Now that I know more about that, so it's a more straightforward process. So talking about what I could do, but also I think what other people have learned from it and what I've learned from it and um, what was successful, of course, as well. Yeah, you're right. Let's not forget that. <laughs> so there'll be a lot. Well, just... I mean, yeah, you've
0: got you've got to this point And, you know, you, this is off the back of lockdown and, you know, recently having a baby and sort of it's like, you know, there's a lot of achievement there. already.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose I'm not very good at saying that I'm achieving things, but I guess I guess I am. I guess I am. <laughs> yeah, let's say it together. Yeah, okay. There's a Definitely, lot of achievement yeah. there. <laughs> That's an achievement having a baby. And but doing you ads. know,
0: it's it's worrying about the next thing, isn't it? It's like well, I've done that, so I don't need to worry about that. What you, I guess, what you're focusing on is is the future and the things that can go wrong that you need to make sure don't go wrong. Is that is that fair?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't know if I quite understand. Can you say that again, darling? Sorry.
0: So, you know, you don't need to count the victories of the things that you've got done because they've been done. You've done them already. But right. You're, you're focusing on the future and things that you have to do. So your mind's focusing on things that can potentially go wrong. You know, or, oh,
1: all right. right. And then
0: thinking about things that have gone wrong in the past that you don't want to make sure that they go wrong again
1: oh yes 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 if i'm answering this incorrectly then again please let me know but um yeah i, I think there are so no wrong answers <laughs> so i think focusing i think what, what what the first thing that comes to my mind when you say that is that um it's about approaches to life and uh, and what makes it a successful journey what makes it an unsuccessful journey and when you said um thinking about the things that can go wrong in the future that's definitely probably not not actively, but that's definitely unconsciously what I do. And that's that's damaging. Um, rather than going, like you say, looking at back what's gone wrong, looking at looking behind and going, this thing, not that it was wrong, but it, it needed to happen. Um, it was something that m- maybe I would have chosen option A instead of t- option B if I was going to do it again. Uh, so let's choose option A next time. That's great. I'm glad that I had experience. The future is going to look bright. The future is going to look... Um, orange don't know why I'm thinking of orange um is that from an advert or something it is to... from an
0: advert oh, oh right. right okay <laughs> yeah. okay someone spent millions on, on making me think of
1: it <laughs> yeah and it'd it, it, see They you go, it just popped up into my mind uh, in an unrelevant way um so that would be fantastic to do that and um, and go, right, okay, we're in the present, we're in the present and the future hasn't happened yet. So if I know now that option A is better than option B, I can now do option A, way, woo! You know, everyone have, a, have some fruit juice and some chocolate, life's brilliant. But unfortunately our mind goes to, oh no, I might do option B. Oh, there's an option C. Oh, what if option C is worse than option option B? What, there's an option D? I'm going to do what I shouldn't do. What I'm trying to do, and it's nice to, it's nice to be reminded of this when you when you talk to, in that insightful way about the, the two the two variations, but what I'm trying to do is go, oh, do you know what? The future hasn't happened yet. So instead of lamenting on the past and going, oh, look, that thing happened, I can now go, hey, some, I don't know the future because the future is not fact yet. This is fact. Yeah. And the fact is I haven't chosen my option yet. So we're gonna choose the best option, but we're gonna do it together. We're gonna to do it together. You know, We're a community, we're a team and we can all choose the best option. We can skip and dance into it. We can get our instruments out and, and, and do a choral, a choral melody if we want, but um, we're dancing away, yeah. Did that answer your question?
0: <laughs> it was definitely an answer. <laughs> um, Right, let's go on to, let, let's get on some more sort of traditional boring paths, uh, although I think you'll probably keep us entertained. Um, Thank you. So, <laughs> what what have we called it? So, let's let's have a little talk about lockdown. I know we're out of it and we kind of want to forget about it and, and move on, <laughs> but, you know, mm. it's a persistence there in the background. So... um. What happened with lockdown? Where where were you at the time and what, what was going on and how, how was it?
1: OK, so when lockdown first started, well, I was I was based at a secondary school and I wasn't, I think I'd just moved to being on supply. So I wasn't in my, I wasn't in my, I was at one school for a while. So, um, no, I apologise. I, I remember now I was in a permanent position. So, of course, schools went into that situation of doing remote learning. and. I felt quite fortunate in the position that um, I could still continue to work and get paid for it. But the only thing was we just needed to adapt to doing it online, which was in some respects simple, just because we used, just because of the format that the school used online, uh, you know, where you put the resources, how you interact with students, how you mark work. Uh, It was fairly simple. It must be if I could do it, you know, it's technology. So um. Once I'd got my head around that, I I wasn't. My life wasn't interrupted too much. In fact, you know, it's probably it was slightly better. Not that anybody obviously wanted the pandemic and everything that came Mm. with with it, but the work situation was slightly better because I used to work in a school in Keithley, so now I wasn't having to get get up at sort of quarter to six in the morning and then travel to Keithley. Now I was still in my dressing gown that was just throwing off for a work meeting on Zoom and back on again. um in my outdoor sort of um summer house which is no longer a summer house i've let it go to pot uh, but anyway so I, I was just working outside on a laptop so uh, it was okay but then it obviously continued longer than most people probably thought it would uh, unless you're really good at following the news and you can see you know, I'm not going to get political about it. Let's not go down there. But you could probably see that it wasn't going to just come to an end yeah. based on how things were yeah. being dealt with. So I, I think there was there was definitely difficult times because I I yeah in terms of in terms of mental health and and um, yeah it's not being able to go out and do things in, in the usual way gets yeah. to you in a way that you probably don't realize it's getting to you, and then all of yeah. a sudden you're having really catty arguments and feeling really. Uh, like you're questioning your whole life and you don't realize it's just the COVID situation that's making you do this you start thinking am I in the wrong relationship oh my gosh is this happening why have I suddenly got anxiety why am I looking at the flowers in my garden and seeing how the petals are wrong and they're annoying me and it's it it it, it really was just the COVID I think that was that was influencing that um a little bit so but but I mean, I, I suppose very lucky for us and appreciative for us again, it comes back to that, that one of the reasons why we got the funding for the Arts Council is because we did something in COVID times. We promised a project that could only happen in COVID times. Um, we wouldn't have been able to ask for that project in a non-COVID time because we were off, we were offering digital work for people who couldn't access live theatre. So... Yeah. Um, so, 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 um, you know, I and we got we the company got that from it from the COVID stuff. That was mm-hmm. uh, something positive from COVID. But, um, oh, I, I, I mean, I mean, I feel a little bit like I'm going back into COVID. I mean, I mean, we asked, the not What am I talking it, about? It, yeah, it, it's
0: it's mm-hmm. a difficult one because we're at this process where we all kind of want to move on and be like, oh yeah, that that's done with now. But you know, we can all see and we can all sense. It's like you know, it's like a monster stalking around in the background behind us. Yeah, like, it's fine. It, it it'll go away. Just ignore it. It'll go away. <laughs> it has to be for the best.
1: I suppose there there are some things that it's brought to the community, um, that is that is good because of this experience, and maybe that thing of of being prepared or open mindedness is one thing. But certainly solidarity and like, I mean, I I um. To, I mean we, I had to for the project but um, I turned to being online uh, being socially online in a way that I'd never been sociable online before and yeah. um, a part of the, I mean there's one group in particular that I can think of but a, a, a number of groups are doing online workshops and um, meeting people from you know outside of Leeds through being online and training courses online I'm, I'm doing one at the yeah. moment which is through the playhouse and so it's like oh I can access all this learning and I can I can meet new people and it's all online and suddenly I'm having conversations with people in a way that i never had before. And I think people started yeah. to open up more, definitely about, I did a few workshops on mental health, but definitely about mental health. And when I say I did a few workshops, I don't mean I, I led a few, I did lead one, but I was part of yeah. a few, which was, it's lovely. So people started to be, there's this admirable vulnerability, which I love it. I, I love, it's difficult for people, but I think there's, there's, a, there's a beauty in fragility.
0: Let's talk about some of the stuff from your research since we're on COVID of like some of the Mm. things that came up, but also if you could discuss the online theatre stuff a bit more, because I think that's very Mm. interesting and like how you are, how you're going about that, the kind of things that are coming up, the kind of things that you're seeing, but also, I mean, you're then potentially, you know, potentially um, you have access to a global audience Mm. and, and a mass global audience. Um how will that affect things and how will that affect your thinking and are you perhaps in a very very lucky position in that you're potentially on the forefront of a whole new art form of online theatre you know you, you're potentially a pioneer in this in, in this area so uh, yeah. Ooh, I d- I d- I
1: d- that's that's so nice <laughs> but <laughs> um don't don't um i was gonna say too heavy don't don't yeah don't dress me up with that brush if that's all right. <laughs> it's
0: okay well book. the people the people that come after you will be the pioneers <laughs> but, yeah that, so yeah tell us a bit about theatre online how uh, and and about this show sort of the things that you discovered from your research from lockdown
1: okay well i suppose theatre online i think the first thing that comes to my mind is that there is a whole craft and um Uh, skill set to to doing innovative theatre online and um, which which hands up my company not there yet because um, we we, it wasn't something doing digital theatre wasn't something that we did before and I certainly you know like I say I'm you know it, it was the first time I was sort of really talking on on social media and stuff with this company so in terms of technology and that kind of software I'm calling it software I don't even if you know if you use software to do digital theatre but uh, innovative digital theatre but Yeah, we're at the very sort of start of of digital theatre in the basics, in the sense of the first one, we did a practice run, which is, is on our website, before we actually went for arts council funding, because obviously when you go for arts council funding, it's like, these are the things that we've been doing without money, these are experiments that we've done, these are the people that I'm already working with. So we did a practice run. And that was just kind of us get, having a script and filming in our own homes. And this really was when it was COVID and we couldn't meet up together. So filming in our own homes and then just timing it so that so, and saying the script at the same time and then sending in the films and then having a filmmaker and then structuring it so that we could have two people on the screen at one time or just one person on audio over the top of three people or it was called islands and it was just the first experimentation with digital theater and it really is it really is an experimentation and that's something that I need to say that I always use this word experimentation and throughout the years I'm like I've said we're an experimental theater company but I shouldn't be using that word because experimental means that you're using all these different um, approaches to theatre and you're having this sort of like total theatre experience that, that shows that it's very different and absurd and and actually no it's wrong experiment things that you're trying things out some things work and some things don't I'm like well there you go we are experimental and <laughs> um, so so we, we did the experiment and in terms of before i talk about innovative digital theater which which i've, I've viewed in terms of us the digital theater was as promising to go wherever possible throughout our process we are going to put it on an online platform whether it's um, you know through instagram whether it's on youtube and then referring people to youtube whether it's through the website but it's for us to learn about how to do that so and and i have learned about online platforms a lot even things like getting in touch with you know uh, theater festivals and seeing what the process is to have it on one of their digital platforms so it wasn't so much about innovative observing innovative theater you know online Mm. you know like if you watch something by the rsc you'll you'll see uh tamsin greg on a revolving set and then the camera here and camera there and you're like oh i feel like i'm in the theater but it's online obviously you know (laughs) we haven't got the money for that. or if you watch something that's my director did, a, she, she's fantastic. She did a workshop on it, and this is great digital theatre. Uh, she did something with her new company, Unmute, Unmute Theatre Company, that she just started, and um, it was it was Zoom theatre. So, but it was using all the tools that you could possibly have uh, through Zoom theatre. So the audience decided what happened to the characters and they decided what they observed. So she used things like Zoom polls and different camera settings for the audience. So they really were part of what they what they viewed, so she kind of really analysed what Zoom could offer, and then made a theatre piece out of it. And that the the audience felt like they were in control of what they were watching. A bit been like those books where you go turn to page seven if you want to be eaten by the dragon. I turn to page, you know, and and that is like the first step or the first few steps, um, or even the third or fourth step of of using doing something different for theatre and with theatre through the, the advantage of. of being online of digital with 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 sea arts theatre my company we haven't done that yet we've just created work and tried to do it a little bit different with islands but we've created work and then put it online and used online for getting feedback on our work, we've done, we've done live streams. So obviously people you know, log on, they can see it as it's happening live for us. And that in itself is a little bit like, oh, how do you do something live through YouTube? So it seems very simple, but for somebody like me, it's all, it's all um, there's quite a lot of learning around everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: It's harder as well,
0: isn't it? It, it? It's sort of, you know, when you're not 22 years old, you you don't just pick it up like that and Mm. you have to kind of like go oh what I need to do that and then I need to do that hang on a second let me just double check what
1: what oh my god oh absolutely I absolutely absolutely (laughs) yeah secondary school students with technology this this, this, yeah absolutely I have to learn I have to learn from the younger generation all the time Mm. um yeah, but I, I feel like you know my mind's going anyway. My partner was explaining the mortgage to me before for about fifteen minutes. Going, is that all alright? Then and I'm like, I'm sorry, you're gonna to have to start from the beginning. What's the mortgage again? Is that have you been listening to anything that I'm saying? I'm like, i like, I know that I should sit to, I know this is really bad, and please don't laugh at me. But can you explain it again when we've got more time? But can you draw it as well? <laughs> can you like use a pen and paper to explain like, the remortgage of the house? Oh blimey. But,
0: I think there is some information that's so boring your brain just refuses to admit it. It's like, no, you're too dull. You're not coming <laughs> in here. I, I, You know, it's like things like the first past the post system also, or like how Parliament works. Like, I've read up on it a couple of times, but that information won't stay in my brain because it's oh. too dull. It's just
1: like. <laughs> That's that's a that's a fantastic segue. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna say, look, the only reason why I'm not latching onto this is because I'm too interested in a person. So, you know, get dressed in a fully dress and, and fan me as you do it and I might take some of it in. But yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, digital, there is there is some, I mean that that's a good thing. It it does reach a lot of people. And sorry, just to go back to one of your questions about about reaching people. Yes, yeah. For it, um, our first production of Hunger Artist, I, I think it's like had two hundred and something views on YouTube, which I know is compared to you know some YouTube videos is not a lot, but but for us to sort of plunk that online and go, okay, this is something that we filmed at Seven Arts. This is a, a, you know our version of Kafka. Well, okay, so two hundred people have just watched it because we've just plunked it online and you know and said nice things. That's that's fantastic. So yeah definitely definitely you do reach people and um people from uh, across the uh, pond um as well occasionally so yeah it is nice so you can't turn away from it basically you can't turn away from it now you can't Mm. turn away from being online whatever you're doing I think that if you're trying to progress something like especially arts then um you you you, I don't want to call people a fool um but I think that Maybe there is a little bit of foolishness if you think you're going to try and do that and not be online, because certainly the Arts Council expect it. How many people Mm -hmm. are you reaching through social media? That's something you have to write. So you can't turn away from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's an interesting discussion in there in that, you know, I've I've had this discussion with other people before, but you know that you'll know this feeling of when you go to somewhere like, for example, Seven, and you sit down, and you look at all their leaflets and the flyers and stuff and you're like oh that looks really interesting and that was and and every single one of them you've missed
1: oh <laughs> like, yes I would
0: have gone to that, if i'd heard about that oh yeah yeah oh oh, that's gone oh that's gone
1: and yes
0: it, it's like interesting stuff that's on all the time but it's being able to reach the people not just getting them to come but to reach the people who will come mm-hmm. and reaching them at the right time that they can come so as much as it can be easier to be on social media and get that information out it's not necessarily any easier to reach the right people sometimes or to get them to buy so have you found that it's much easier like you know generating audiences from social media or is it easier going around your friends and doing flyers and stuff
1: oh i think i think it's easier social. i think it's easier online definitely because it's instantly accessible it's constantly there so, I mean, I did used to worry at one point. Going, oh God, I've, 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 I'm reposting something. People will think I'm so shameful, and how boring is that? You've got to be innovative all the time with your posts. I don't worry <laughs> about that now. But what you, what, what I, I forget is that actually, when you put something online, it's it's on Instagram, for example, the amount of people because people just go zoom zoom zoom. They just stream through, yeah. stream through. Um, if they if you put the same picture up three times over sort of three or four weeks they're probably not going to see the same picture three times and they're not going to care most people aren't going to look at it so there's no danger in, in reposting there's no danger in saying look we've got this show on youtube or look we've just done this have a look at it and um, because that's what it's there for so it's that it's that instant accessibility you can post as many times as you want you can get in touch with you know for example there's a I've just seen a company online called Resilience Theatre Company. Okay, I didn't know about them before. That's relevant. I'm going to get in touch with them. What are they doing about resilience? So it, it, it is a cobweb of finding and shifting things out that is beneficial for you, but what you know beneficial for other people as well. If you can do something, yeah. or if you can give, do, write a short review for somebody, you've got time. Hey, do it. So yes, it's it's definitely good for reaching audiences. However, the only the thing I'm concerned about now is that if we're saying what are this show what are you hungry for if you happen to be interested in looking at our work um, it's going to be online later why would then would they come and see the live you know the, the live performance so that's to see a
0: live performance yeah you
1: know, you're right you're right and again i'm probably
0: why, why, why would you or i go to see a live performance because we want to see a live performance we want to feel the actors inside yeah,
1: it's the real deal isn't it really yeah. <laughs> But it's this thing, uh, somebody I had on one of my resilience chats, Sam Dunstan, who's fantastic theatre maker, um, and he's done workshops about PR and, and all, the, all the detailed little things that you need to look at to make sure you're getting a good, appropriate audience for each, each contextual, each show, each show is very different. Um, what are the benefits of the benefits of seeing this show in this venue, in this area? You know, what are the benefits of the benefits of seeing a show in another area? And who exactly is likely to come and what mm. is the likely pay? And, and he's really good at analysing that sort of stuff and and um, finding the enjoyment and finding the appropriate audience for, for different spaces and different places. And mm. I, I suppose that's what I need to start looking at, the, the positivity around these different opportunities. There is something very positive about having it online, but there is something very positive about having it at Left Bank. So it's kind of like if you were thinking about seeing our show, hey, this is... This, this one-off show at Left Bank will bring this to it. Um, this is how we'll be dealing with it differently. Why not see two shows and compare how they translate differently? Because they're in different- Yeah, venues?
0: see all three, three see all three in different <laughs> Yeah, come on, everybody. how they're they different. Well, you know, one of those players you feel like, you know, you seeing all of those three venues, they're all in Leeds, so it's not like a tour where you'd have to go, you know, you have to go to Huddersfield to see the next one or yeah. you know, whatever everything's in Leeds they're all within you could see all three shows for the price of, of you know you you bog standard theatre ticket yeah and you'd get them all in different venues and you get to see it in you know different settings different styles and see how that was different so yeah and, and I was going to talk about as well the, the, the tour I mean it must be nice to have like you know not to have to go to Manchester and do you get in there and then do the next venue just like having everything so close
1: yeah yeah absolutely I mean I I was thinking after the after the Leeds shows that that would be the natural progression because um got a, a little bit of relationship with um, a, a venue in London and um, we, we were going to take our first production outside of Leeds, but then COVID happened. So I thought, well, that's what we'll do with What Are You Hungry For? But now I'm thinking it's not that kind of show, actually. Um, so let's keep a Leeds thing. And yeah, it's, it's all very nice. It's nice to not have to travel because as you say, absolutely, if, if you travel outside of the city, I mean, it's great to take Leeds shows outside of leeds to go this is what's happening in leeds it sounds like i'm like well, leeds is the best which, which I'm, I'm, I'm not really but it's like hey we're, we're from leeds and you're from manchester yeah. let's make relationships um it's good for that but but also that there is the travel and that then there is the cost as well there's the cost of the travel mm-hmm. which you know i don't know you've got three or four cars going down there so so what is that in petrol it sounds like a petty point but these are all the, all the things that you need to consider yeah. and then if you haven't got a specifically strong partnership with a, a venue outside of Leeds are you then hiring the venue rather than them doing a deal with you which again calls into question the budget and whether you can afford it so yeah it is nice to do it in in, in Leeds and I did just say that we weren't going to look to take it out of um, Leeds but actually I'm questioning that already and I think I did put on the Arts Council thought <laughs> that that's what we'd do so that's what we'll do <laughs> yeah
0: yeah if it's fund independent, then you will be doing it yes um, <laughs> but yeah I I mean it, it could potentially be quite nice though to, like to have something for all those venues you know like something that you could put on as a mini tour around Leeds and then if it was a, a show that had a bit of a rep you know you could run it again at another time and it would by doing the same thing, it's kind of like doing. It's kind of like being consistent on social media. Of like, yeah. people get to know that this is happening, and when it happens, and it becomes like, oh well, I will go see that because I know that it's happening, and that I'm not going to miss it, and they can prepare for it, all that, all that kind of stuff.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely, and I think I think um, the the whole one of the the main things about this project is that it is experimental and it is all kind of us working for feedback and us us progressing as individuals in, in the theatre role that we've that we've assumed. So, following feedback from this production, you know maybe with some tinkering, we then could take it to the Camden Fringe Fest. Um, and the Hope Theatre said that they they'd have us. So, you know maybe put it on at the Hope Theatre and then, because it would be great to take it to a festival and then yeah. go and watch other groups and then so sort of go. How how long is your what what what? Because this is a thing; it can be very isolating. But it's great speaking to other people. So it's like, oh, you've you've been you've been you know working to run a company for two years. or you've been doing it for four years. What challenges have you found? And oh, you know, oh, there's this great venue that offers this. And then they say, oh yeah, did you know that you can get vouchers free if, if you perform at this venue? Or whatever. You know, I'm making it up now. Yes. But it's about being part of a, a community, which would a, a theater community, which is great in Leeds. But to to, to be honest, I don't I don't know. I think I could probably be more involved with the theatre community in Leeds than what I am (laughs) so that's that's maybe something else on my list
0: (laughs) it goes back to what you said earlier about being online and the essentialness of being online like I've noticed so I'm now that I'm you know a more online person in terms of working and so on I've no idea what's going on you know in the I don't know what's happening in town. I don't know what the f- fall's like. I don't know what's happening in offices and what people are talking about, you know, because I'm not temping anymore. So I've got a completely different, you know, imaginary, uh, imagination of, of the world and like how mm. I see it because it's all coming from online. Mm. Uh, but as well, what you're saying in terms of like making those connections, I think loads of that's yet to be done. Like, I think we're only just seeing like, there's going to be so much shake up from Covid and post Covid of like all the people that have gone online and are using things a lot more like for example I know I've mentioned this to a couple of other people like LinkedIn I've had LinkedIn for years like and never used it for anything and now I'm realizing that it's going to be potentially a really powerful useful tool for me and is you know the right thing but I've also seen other people using it more and yeah. sort of going oh actually I can, we can really you know leverage benefits out of out of LinkedIn beyond just applying for jobs and going you know this person says that this person's quite a good worker in this role like it's a massive audience and there are lots of people and and everybody's looking for the stuff that they're interested in so when you said it's sort of being more connected to the theatre people and it's like I think the same way in terms of all sorts of different interests like where do I find the people well it's going to be online now Mm-hmm. But it, all those connections are yet to be made. But yeah, I think, you know, you're saying you just found that theatre company recently. Like, I can already think of other people that it would be good to put you in touch with. If, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think that there's there's so much going on. but going on in isolation and in silos. And, and it's that sort of people joining up and doing things together, which I think is really kind of bubbling online now. That's the sense that I get anyway, that that yeah. might just be because I'm, you know, I'm having it all reinforced from the computer screen.
1: <laughs> no, I, do you know what? I, I, I agree with you. And I think that's, it's, um, that's a really nice point to make. It makes me feel quite nice. And it also reminds me that I considered a couple of times that there's, there's a less snobbery around things and people are building their, so for example, the LinkedIn, I've got a friend that's always saying, no, you need to go on LinkedIn, You need to go on LinkedIn. And I was being like, oh, I was like, you create, you create a fear yeah. of the unknown, don't you? And I always think yeah. there's a certain type of person that goes on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. But actually now I'm slowly getting used to things online and people are more relaxed. Well, well, you discover actually maybe the snobbery, My maybe I'm perceiving a snobbery that's not there. So maybe it is about just me accessing things and realizing that these, Groups online and not snobby at all. <laughs> there isn't a certain etiquette that you need to be part of LinkedIn or to be part of this or that. Um, but I think that maybe people's confidence, online confidence builds, and um, different com- online communities are becoming more relaxed and open to developing their demographic and the people involved. So people are just more open to things and more inviting. And uh, people want to be invited into things online and understand now the benefits of doing that, and that, that your confidence grows in it. So, so yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think you're gonna you're gonna develop your LinkedIn profile now? Then
0: I, I, I kind of, I mean, it would, it would. I mean, it, it, it's sort of a no brainer, really. Um, my podcast is on work. LinkedIn's the professional network mm. sort of thing. Like, I will be discussing employment my content's going to be around that kind of stuff so yeah I, I mean it's obvious just to, to put it there I did want to be I thought Instagram was was kind of the place to be to get sort of you know everyone seemed to be on Instagram so I know I, I still think that's pretty much the case so I think it's good to have presence there I'm not going to bother with TikTok at the moment i have bummed and about YouTube I do fancy doing some live streaming Oh. maybe going on to twitch but you know then uh, it, it's kind of twitch yes have you heard of twitch, twitch. oh twitch. what's that <laughs> <laughs> um it's a live streaming platform it's uh it's like for gamers so people were just playing video games online and other people were watching them and they would make money from you know people watching them play video games because it have got bigger and bigger but uh yeah people just go on there it's kind of like it, it's just broadcasting it's kind of like Live podcasts in a way where people are just mm. nattering and talking or standing there. Um, there's a lot of young ladies in bikinis and hot tubs as well that they apparently had to create a, a whole special other section for.
1: Oh, <laughs> gosh.
0: So, yeah, I do want to, I, I do quite fancy doing the live streaming stuff at some point because I think that would be a good way, you know, if I'm there in a, regu- a, a regular time slot and a mm. regular place then people can come and I can do this same sort of stick. Um, yeah. Which would be a bit easier than trying to find people all the time, you know, getting to the point of letting people come to you. Yeah, I yeah,
1: so. that sounds like a very good thing for yeah. you.
0: Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see some of the digital theatre stuff and, and thinking about the interactive stuff that you could do, like sort of Immersive theatre through digital, or these kind of um, role-playing games, and all sorts of different applications that you can use things for.
1: Yeah, I would like that. There is a show that I've been meaning to watch. Uh, I think it's finished now, unfortunately, by a young female company, um, atrocious They've just started, but they did um, an immersive. <laughs> they did an immersive theatre show that was um, online as part of Edinburgh Fringe. And um, they they included the immersive element so that the audience did, similar to what actually I mentioned before, but um, they were part of it was a, they were part of. Um, I've just seen pictures and, and read a little bit about it. it. It was sort of it kind of like mixed with. It looked it looked like um, a hammer horror scene when you see the pictures, but they're all around a dinner table, but they're all drinking and eating different things and they're all dressed in white. And I think what happens is that when you watch it, there's a huge glass in front of the screen. So you feel, you're made to feel like you're part of the dinner table and you decide why they're there, why they're interacting with each other and what their conclusions are gonna be in terms of how they relate to each other. Now, I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. And I think I've missed my chance now and I'm absolutely kicking myself because I want to know how, how have they managed to include the audience on something that it's not live every time somebody watches it. So it's not like, oh, well, this show is just for you. We're interacting just to you. They filmed it, it's on there. It's there for many different people to watch but every time an individual watches it, it's different for that individual. How do you do that? Like, really, how do you do that? I know where I'm gonna send her a message going, can you just explain this to me, please? And she'll say, well, you need to watch it, carry on. But I think that they send messages or they, I, I don't know, but I need to find out because it's but it's that kind of clever thinking, how, how do be, That how did they- It's
0: gotta be, I think uh, my immediate instinct is, it's gotta be something kind of like a Darren Brown-esque kind of cold reading. Of like this is this is what most people will say if you put them in this situation and give them this feed line this is what they will most people will think surely you have to, you'd have to do something like that you'd have to know the most common responses and kind of manipulate people a bit
1: ah uh, so there must be like three contingency plans and it's like, you, yeah, you, you, there are options. If you choose this option, then this will be played out or whatever. So maybe it's similar to what I mentioned before, that you choose a particular playing out of the situation. Um, yeah, you've
0: got to, yeah.
1: Yeah, because there's no way that somebody can, they can fix it. And then somebody in Doncaster can have a completely elaborate idea about how it turns out. And then they'll just know that, of course not. So I think it is about different contingency endings mm-hmm. and you choosing that particular ending.
0: Oh, well, we'll have to yeah. see it to find out.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know how much you would do this for your productions, but overall, generally, theatres, they're building, you know, quite a lot of flats. They're building things that will go up, that will be expensive, out of material mm-hmm. will, that would then sort of either go to landfill or get burnt, sometimes mm-hmm. it'll get stored. But, you know, you're producing a lot of things that are essentially disposed of. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not quite fast fashion, but it's along those lines. Um, does do you have any space or does your project even include things along ecological lines like what how much how much of your business thinking is colored by ecological thinking and and so on or do you yes. not have the ability to be able to afford that
1: well, fun, funnily enough, I think it helps. The thing that came to mind is coming, having had experiences in amateur theatre um, alongside other kind of uh, working with other companies um, is that you learn to be quite resourceful. So you learn to look at various people or various places to be able to get the things that you, that you need to do the job as well as you can. And um, you mentioned flats. Funnily enough, that was one of the last conversations that I had with my, my stage manager about that because um because we're working in venues that are very different and um slung low for example uh they just have a red curtain and it will not be and they don't have anything at the sides Um, they just have a very open space we need our we need a space for the actors to exit and enter into um, but it's not there and i'm not having them going behind a, a, a red curtain like tommy cooper that would be <laughs> horrendous so we need these black flats so we were actually thinking about the cost of that, and where we can get them from. Maybe there's an upcycle for theatre, and um, and actually, the stage manager mentioned, you know, the photographer that did the photography for Ohm Would he hire out? Would he rent out uh, one of his, you know, black screens uh, for our production for us for a, a certain price? It would be more affordable. Um, so. I think you get used to um this is why it pays to know people as well because the more people that you know, the more answers you have in terms of mm. um ways that you can make money or ways you can share things. Like I I need to get on creative time bank because this is exactly what they do. The, I've the, Just
0: go in touch with them. Yeah. Um I haven't done anything yet, but yes, I had a very nice meeting with the lady there and yes, I I would highly recommend them. I, I ah. think
1: very good. Fant- well, do you know what this is exactly what I need to go right go and carry on, <laughs> Get on to have yeah, it because I of a Facebook group, and I just haven't got around to it yet, but I would definitely will um so yeah this this is, again, this comes back to work that there's another work element of like the amount of time you spend on looking for small things to save money um mm-hmm. and this is part of the Arts Council form as well. Where are mm-hmm. you bringing the money in? Where are you saving the money? If we give you this much, how much percentage of it are you going to? find whether that's in kind performance space um or whether that's because you can build and make the resources props yourself um or whether you can sell fine art work which is what i do to make some of the percentage of the money that the project's going to cost so you you do have to i mean i didn't really give myself credit for this before but now you're mentioning it you do have to think in in that way about money definitely
0: okay so i have asked about the current projects the final production we touched on your artwork I mean do you want to say any more about the the selling side of of the fine artwork
1: I, uh, Um, I, I suppose I mean in terms of me as a as a fine art practitioner I I need to look at I probably there's as you know as being an established artist and, and trying to we, we've already touched upon the difficulty of money coming into these passions because most people people are so used to doing it as a hobby Um, people think you should just be doing it as a hobby you shouldn't be paid for this which is of course ridiculous so when you try and um, respectably get money for the things that you do you come into a lot of problems but I think there's a lot of research that has to go into it to try and Get a little bit of money back for the time that you're spending and the materials that you're paying out for. And I think that what I need to probably do is research what people really want and start to do that and offer that more. There's something that sells well on my shop, which is Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote. Jessica Fletcher, sorry, from Murder, She Wrote. That's the thing that sells. So I, I think my lesson, I, I need to learn these lessons that I need to do a series of Jessica Fletcher pictures. Like just get on with it, Carrie-Anne. <laughs> Stop trying to sell oil paintings of John Coltrane. No one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna buy them. Even if you get in touch with all the jazz, you know, they may or may not respond, but people will always want pictures of Jessica Fletcher. So I think I need to just give people at a reasonable price, which I think it's reasonable, give people what they want but also to, to, to move into, I'd love to do more volunteer work. Maybe I can find time to do that now I've got a baby. I just keep her strapped in the sling, and go to the toilets every now and then to breastfeed. But yeah, I want to give more back to the community in terms of art, but I don't feel like I'm there yet with the art, the fine art, because I, I just, I, I don't know, like I see people doing things with fine art, like, um, um, you know, decoupage and um, making lovely um, sort of oil stained, different coloured um pictures and you go oh how have you is that acrylics and then they tell you that it's all these weird and wonderful materials from the forest and that they've used this and used that I'm like what if that's so creative what, you, what how how you come by those materials and how have you done that process and how did you even learn about it and um, so I don't really know about different that you know the innovative aspect of fine art which um I'd like to and I'd like to give something back but at the moment I'm just stuck in I'm just stuck into painting in my kitchen now that the summer house has come to ruins but I'd like to give back I like to give back and I'd like to give people what they want so in the money side of thing that's the research but that's the boring part it's the boring part but you need to do the boring part this is it isn't it you need to do the boring so, part
0: what was? yeah well that's the working bit isn't it <laughs>
1: It is the working bit, exactly what we were saying before. If 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 you believe that's the working bit, some people love looking at budgets, like they're like, oh, you a I think, I a think budget- it
0: is. I think it becomes work. You know, like it becomes. So the, this is part of what I want to do. This week, kind of try and distill for myself as much as for anyone else. But what you know, what what work is, what it means, um. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, it's what you get up and you do every day, you know, like through repetition and, it, and, and it's the things that you, that need to be done to enable the fun things that you want to do to be done. You know, like <laughs> when you're painting, you have to do the downside of you have to clean all your brushes. You have to get all mm-hmm. your kit. You have to make sure that everything's, you know, kept in decent condition and kept, you know, put your tops back on your paint, all of that kind of stuff. That's the the boring, non sexy stuff. You know, yeah. like when when we imagine doing activities, we're, we're like, when you think about theatre, you think about the show, putting on the show. You don't think about, oh, we've got to get all the actors together and we've got to get licenses for music, and you, you don't think about that side. You mm-hmm. know that you have to, but that's not what you're you're focusing on. Yeah, I I, I think for me that's the work bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's a shame. It's. I was just thinking about the term labor as well. When you think about the word work mm. and the word labor, and I think somebody explained to me once that the the the, the, the you know the um, the the politics. I've lost my words. The political group. Like we. I'm, I'm not obviously a supporter, but yeah, I am. way Labour. <laughs> the
0: big Labour.
1: The word the word labor apparently comes from. It was called that because it was for the workers. It was for the union. It was for the workers. Uh, but yet there are loads of fantastic things that have come from that. So then I was just thinking in my mind then that you're talking that um, do we have to always associate like the hardship element or the hardship side of activity with the words work and labour? And Does it have to be toil? does it have to be toil exactly and sometimes people don't understand like you said that there is a lot of work in, in sort of in, in working in theatre and there is oh god there really is whether you're doing it voluntarily amateur theatre groups there's loads of work involved like that so there's so much work that you know from painting a set for hours to learning new skills and dealing with people and all having to do with the money side of things when you're not getting paid for it and, and often people don't realize that there is that works, there is that work side to the arts that, that's really heavy going and quite hard to manage. But but like but like you say, oh, is it possible to can we reappropriate the word work? Can we get up and do the routine, like you say, on a morning, get things done that contribute to society, that contribute to our self-esteem and our well-being? It's cold work. We, go, we have our evening meal, we sit down, we talk about what we've done and what we've achieved that day. We feel good about it, we go to bed, we get paid for it, but actually it wasn't strenuous. Can we have work that isn't strenuous? Um, because there's this thing that attached as well that like you get paid more, the more strenuous your work is. But then, then there's this strange feeling this capitalist feeling about what's tough work and what isn't. Anyway, don't get me started on that. But um, it would be lovely to have the word reappropriated so it would have positive connotations.
0: Well, I want to go back to what you were saying about giving something back and, you know, whether you would consider voluntarism or volunteering as, as work or is it something separate? And why, you know, you say give something back why are you not giving back through theatre? I mean you are you, what you're doing is entertaining people, is you know, educating and informing people with a pastime. You know, you are you are already giving through your production sort of thing. Does that make sense? You you're giving people yeah. an experience, you know, some and if it's really good, something to remember potentially for the whole time, you know
1: that's really nice um unfortunately my mind is still accepting the, the the stigmatic view about the arts that it's a selfish act and that you do it just for your own pleasure um so I still feel like I'm not giving back to the community by what I do though that's what I've been trying to do so I was I always think I'm doing this because it's great for me and I'm developing my practice and I can't the arts have chosen me I haven't chosen the arts I can't be who I am without doing these two different disciplines so I still feel like it's I it's selfish and it's all for me though if I really sit if I sat with somebody and I tried to be not subjective carry on but objective I probably could look at a piece of paper and go oh I did a free workshop I didn't charge people for that people said that they learned this that's giving something back and if I analysed it, I probably have, but I, unfortunately, I've, I'm in that really incorrect mindset of believing that the arts doesn't give back, but it does, of course, it does. So I, maybe I need to appreciate that more because w- what you say is correct. I was just gonna, I was just going to, um, you were talking about volunteering, and somebody, and I used to do different volunteering. I haven't done it for ages, and I do need to get back into it. And somebody said to me once, "Well, if you're going to volunteer, you need to make sure that you're getting something back because, of course, you're not getting paid." So. You know, what are you getting back from doing that? Because I used to do full-time cleaning years ago before I went back to education or while I was educating. And, um, And I thought, oh, I never thought about that. I just did it because... I wanted to you know give something back or whatever and then I started to think what am I getting from this so well I'm learning a new skill set which will contribute to my facilitation workshops Or I'm learning about these how and what people think about this particular thing so then I can start to think in that way or whatever Um, and maybe maybe I don't know if it's correct to do that to view volunteering as well if you're going to do it you've got to do get something out of it yourself as well and of course you do even if it's just a good time you know well it depends what you're volunteering on (laughs) if you're volunteering (laughs) scanning newspapers which I've done and it's horrible then you're probably not going to have a good time unless that floats your boat I I don't know it'd be great where money wasn't involved really wouldn't that be the utopian thing where we just all shared our skills and I don't know (laughs) maybe that maybe that wouldn't be and there wasn't the idea of work there was idea of just uh, doing things for others and making sure jobs got done together in the most enjoyable way possible that's probably (laughs) not realistic
0: (laughs) i mean do you think some of it's just your curiosity as well because you're obviously quite a curious person you're obviously someone who likes to you know try and do a few things at once you know you you just sort of like seem to be what's going on here oh what's going on here like you, Uh... you you're interested in a lot of variety like do you need that within your work i mean you know theater will give you a lot of variety but then you're also doing the other things as well do you need to be doing a lot of things do you think
1: um oh gosh I, um i i i like that idea but i i sat and watched married at first sight australia from beginning to end the other day and didn't know so <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did have i did have a health care visitor you know attached to my you know, having had a baby and um, she went and she just stopped me she went I, i've got to say you you you've got really high expectations of yourself most people four weeks after giving birth are not doing this and I don't feel like I'm doing anything so I, I I I genuinely I genuinely genuinely it sounds really nice and I feel like I'm you know um like I don't know people listen to this or think that my head is, is is growing um and not fitting on the zoom screen anymore but um yeah I genuinely think it's probably that I want to be I don't know how interesting how interested I am or in things or how interesting I am. Maybe I'm just living out the character of somebody who is, and maybe when I'm on my own, I just do sit and eat chocolate. Um, I do, I do just say, a, no, no, I no, I am interested in other stuff, but I haven't got much brain capacity to stay with it for very long. I just like to flip through life and see these things and choose what I'm gonna go into. everyone does, everyone does. But yeah, getting back to volunteering, um, maybe there is a curiosity. Maybe there is a curiosity, definitely. I think it's it probably is when you're 15 or 16 years old and you just have to go out and you're not allowed. And you're like, well, actually I'm thinking 13, 14. because I wasn't at home when I was 15, 16, but you know, when you first start going out and you, you, uh, you know, you are grounded are you're not allowed. And it's the worst feeling in the world. You're like, something's happening and I'm missing it. You know, it's just the same group of people drinking the same books fast, drinking the same smoking the same cigarettes, but it's this horrible feeling that you're not going to, See something's going to happen and you're going to miss it. Maybe there's yeah. a little bit of that as well. I don't know.
0: Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to cover, or that you want to talk about, want to mention, or any?
1: The thing I'd like to say is if that um, people are interested in the show, what we really want is to to know people's views on it, and we really want feedback. So please come and and if you're not in the position to be able to pay, please come to this slung low one at the Holbeck because it's just worth going to the Holbeck anyway to just see the venue. Mm-hmm. The Holbeck do, as you know absolutely incredible work with the community and please come and watch our pay as you feel um performance and let us know through the website what you think of it because we are looking to polish up the show following these three Leeds dates and then maybe take it taking it outside of Leeds, or seeing what we can do with it next and this is a sharing of communal thoughts it's a sharing of our kind of experimental ideas what works what doesn't so we need you to tell us that so please come to the show <laughs>
0: Um, do you want to give us your socials as well, like the website? Yes,
1: absolutely. So, Instagram and Facebook for um, the theatre work is C Vivarts. So it's at C V I V A R T S. C Vivarts. Um, that's Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you go we've got a website which has got everything on it like all the work that we've done including our social media handles and if you type Arts theatre in online the website will pop up and if you type my name carry on vivianette the website will pop up um, for my fine art work it's cvivarts fine art so it's c-v-i-v-a-r-t-s with fine art on the end uh, that's the handle for instagram <laughs> and it's also that for the Etsy shop as well have a browse if you like tom waits there's some there's a lovely tom waits painting on there that you might want to <laughs> purchase <laughs> but uh yeah yeah but thank you so much for inviting me onto your wonderful podcast
2: thank you to carrie and for being my guest on this episode and do go and see her show go see all three all three different venues if you're listening to this show then i assume you have some connection to leeds like living here or being from here If you're that person in Leeds or from Leeds and you haven't done a record for this show yet, please send me a message now and let's record your working hours session. Just think, if you're interviewed now and then you're still alive at the end of this decade and we still have electric power, breathable air and our heads above water, then you will be able to listen back to your interview and be all nostalgic about how different everything is now please remember to like share and subscribe to this show please consider becoming a champion for this project and this show on patreon it's only a quid a month for loyner so go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to sign up and offer regular support if you become a champion you'll be helping me to get to the stage of publishing two episodes a week At that point, as a Loiner Champion, you'll be getting 8 early release episodes of working hours each month for just a quid, and you would have helped the show to get there. If you like the idea of this show, then why wouldn't you sign up and help it out? I will get to a thousand of these, but that doesn't depend on me, it depends on you. If you can and do help me, then I will hit that goal. If you like share and provide financial contributions, I can improve my ability to reach those thousand Loiners. And of course, Renia the listening to this, the biggest help is if you actually come on this podcast. It's not scary, it's not stressful, and your voice will sound so much better with intro and outro music bracketing it. You can also appear anonymously if that helps. I'm really interested to hear from anyone in Leeds or from Leeds in whatever industry, sector or role you are in. What is your experience? How do you feel about work? What do you like and not like? What do you do, Leeds. Email this podcast now, workinghourspod at western-studios.com with your short bio and suggestions of your availability. Or just send me feedback, questions, comments, queries, whatever. You can follow this show on Twitter at workinghours3 and on Instagram at workinghourspodleads. Next time on Working Hours, two more episodes are dropping. Different Leads time, same Leads channel. Working Hours is presented, edited and recorded by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from MuseOpen.org.
0: Let's have a little chat about boredom and leisure. So I remember I have very vivid memories of like the 80s and 90s and very severe, prolonged bouts of boredom. And now we live in the age of shiny, you know, digital sort of gambling machines in our hands. Yeah. Um, we're distracted all the time and, you know, you're rarely bored. Um, and, but also it seems that leisure has kind of disappeared, not just because work's come into the home, into the, you know, into people's bedrooms in some cases, into like, or invaded all these new areas. And you've lost that distinction between the work and the, you know non-work space as it was mm. uh, and leisure seems to be you know it's all these books of like the hundred holiday destinations you must go to <laughs> the hundred <laughs> films you must watch the hundred songs you must listen to it's like <laughs> can't I just listen to a song or watch a film mm. or go on holiday no you must do it this way and you have to have these things and mm. you know it, that's like work as well you know it's something else to take off so leisure feels a bit more like work like consumption these days
1: interesting
0: Um, yeah do you like how do you feel about that sort of division i mean do you feel that do you feel that you still have space to get bored did you used to get as bored
1: i i think boredom is the worst thing it's horrible (laughs) (laughs) and and funnily enough my friend marcel came around this morning and we were speaking about boredom we were speaking about boredom and, and what drives people to boredom And uh, him and his partner, they've just been away. And his partner likes to, my friend Marcel was saying, Oh, he has to sit in a cafe every hour or every two hours and just have a coffee and a cigarette. And he's okay with that. And I'm like, Come on, we need to do this. We need to do that. We're on holiday. And, you know, his partner would just be happy to just sit there and watch watch France go by. And I'm like, I'm like that. I'm like that. But my friend Marcel found that really boring. But I guess his partner finds it really boring to, to fix what they're doing we have to do this by this point and we have to do that by this point and we have to make the most of this so I I I guess I guess what I'm thinking about there is that it was interesting talking to him that people are driven to boredom in different ways I I I think just going back to I think boredom for me I don't like you've just said said it's horrible and you you agreed and I don't know if you feel the same way but to me boredom is is like it's like emptiness. So then you, then you open up into sort of like depression and there's nothing there. There's nothing to do. There's no stimulation. And my, my, my auntie used to say to me, oh, if you're bored, it means you're a boring person. People are bored, boring people. Uh, so I would never tell anybody that I was bored because I was just like, oh, yes, no, just these sweets are really exciting. Look, I've got a pink one and a green one. And I'm going, oh, no, it's just a fucking bun. <laughs> this is boring. Whereas actually I've got a friend who's fantastic. he would be like, oh, look at this bun. It's amazing. And look at the way the icing's got of, like cascades over the little bobbly silver balls. And I, I just look at him with amazement. I'm like, oh, sigh, you're just... He, he just finds everything so interesting and I, I love he's infectious and I love being with him. And maybe he is a more interesting person and maybe there is something to be said for people who who are driven to boredom more easily or accept boredom more easily. I'm not suggesting you're a boring person because we both just said that we get bored easily. <laughs> but that's probably not a correct theory. Um, but I certainly can be. <laughs> <laughs> <anyone you>. <laughs> exactly. I, I guess the original story with i'm um, going back to talking about my friend and how him and his partner find different things boring or, or distasteful or unwanted it, that came to my mind because they were attached to leisure because you were saying about boredom and leisure and actually you know, my friend Marcel finds it boring to just sit there and not go out seeking and not find things and not do different activities and different stimulating things. Uh, To him, sitting in a cafe and just relaxing is boredom, but the the physical pursuits is the leisure part. But to his partner, the leisure is sitting and having a coffee and a cigarette and deciding in his own time if he's going to move or not. And the boredom is trying to do things at a certain time. So so I guess whether you perceive something as leisure or boredom is really down to your personality, which, again, we can talk about nature and nurture. I think it's harder. I, I think from my point of view, what comes to my mind now about whether it's harder to find leisure or not. I, I think that for me, leisure, leisure, and pleasurable activity is linked to spontaneity. So I think the best day ever is when you go. I like, had an experience with somebody and this this lad that I was seeing and it t- didn't turn out well. But anyway, we had this one day where we went to the bus stop and we we thought of this word and it was like I don't know what the word was. It was something. It, it was something catch-upon or something or like um gobble de, gobble de gar, or I don't know what the word was but we had this theory that we was going to go and speak to the lady at the bus stop reception you know at the coach station in Leeds and we we're going to go in there and say oh we've got to be at this place and we can't remember the name of it it sounds something like and then we said this word and she went oh do you mean Ripley oh no oh, oh do you mean um do you mean um Menston oh no do you mean oh you're probably thinking of so-and-so and we're like, that's it. We couldn't remember the name. So then she gave us a location based on this made-up word. And then we ended up getting a bus there. And then going, oh, this is quite nice, actually. So that's so not know, not knowing where you're gonna be and just um living it really spontaneously, you know, just waking up and going, Oh, do you know what? Let's go to let's go to Sheffield Meadow all today. Don't really like it, but there's something calling me there, you know. To, to me, that's leisure, it's the not knowing. Oh, they're sitting in a sitting in a cafe and sitting outside, not knowing who's going to walk past and who you're going to observe, or watching somebody else in the cafe and trying to guess what they're going to say next to the person that's selling the cakes. Um, mm. So, so it, and what I was going to say is that maybe this idea of being able to be if if that is true for some other people or a, a large percentage of people, with the situation now with spontaneity kind of going away because we do have things fixed in place we do have restrictions we are being sort of controlled in a different way maybe spontaneity is going away so maybe leisure is going away or maybe like you said before going into a place and being out of practice about sort of freedom and comfortable feeling of responding to people that's now going away so you need to be comfortable to be spontaneous I just went on such a massive rant there